Hello, Chiefs fans. The Nate Taylor Show begins. Jay Binkley with Nate Taylor. We had an off week last week. It was a, a bye, yet we, we made up for it. We had an hour on the drive together. But the Nate Taylor Show, each and every Monday, following Mitch Holtus, followed by Dusty Likens and Red Reaction. Chiefs lose 30-24 to 24 yesterday. What's mm-hmm. up, Nate? How's it going, everybody? Nothing going on today, huh? No, just, you know. No signings, no nothing, nothing going on? Monday afternoon is usually a, 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 a quiet time. I can huh? really think and digest the game, watch it a couple times. Um, and then, yeah, the Chiefs did a move that I believe is a, a bit of desperation there, Jay. A bit of desperation. He's talking about Josh Gordon. He's been uh, suspended uh, six times, I do believe, mm-hmm. in the National Football League. Was reinstated. He was in the fan-only football league last year. That's the only league. Playing, playing with Johnny Menzel. Yeah. And Dalvin Cook's one of the owners of the team, the Zappers. That's who he played with. <laughs> yes. There's several NFL. Marshawn Lynch is one of the teams. But Dalvin Cook, one of the uh, ownership group members of the Zappers, where uh, our guy Josh Gordon, who's now a chief, 6'3", 225 pounds. Hey, he was all pro back in 2013, but... You know, how, much, how much did you weigh and how much hair did you have it back in 2013? It's been a minute since yeah. then, but he's been reinstating the NFL. He's 30 years old. The dude was a stud at Baylor. We know that. Then he was suspended at Baylor. Then he was going to transfer to Utah. Never ended up playing for the Utes. But regardless, he's a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. I ask you, Nate, your first reaction when you saw this. Surprised. Um, because I think any sensible fan will tell you, Jay, are the Chiefs issues on offense, or are there more issues on defense? It's the latter. Uh, the Chiefs enter today with a little less than $4 million in salary cap space. Uh, they chose to go get a guy who was essentially a free agent, a priority free agent in the middle of the season, and they've done this in the past, whether it's with Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy, Kelvin Benjamin, and now we're doing it with Josh Gordon. And so I was surprised. I understand the reasoning behind it. And I know we're going to get into that, Jay. But I don't necessarily agree with it on its face value just because we're going to – the Chiefs are going to ask a lot from Josh Gordon in a relatively short amount of time. And we'll see if his talent can uh, reveal itself at the age of 30, given that he's been out of the league for almost two years. But this this is a one-and-two team that – chose to make a move that is a bit desperate, as I mentioned earlier, but this team is an offense-driven team, and so they made an offense-driven move, um, and we'll see if Josh Gordon, of all people, can be the number two wide receiver that the Chiefs have been clamoring for since Sammy Watkins left and joined the Baltimore Ravens. I really think the Chiefs, deep down, they, they really won that Juju Smith-Schuster deal bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, for Andy Reid to get involved in the yes. recruitment of Juju – I think deep down Juju's probably regretting his decision because he didn't want to come here and and have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill be the big fish. Well, you know, Deontay Johnson, I know he's hurt, but, you know, Chase Claypool and everybody in Pittsburgh. And this is a good football team. He he spurned the Ravens, too. The Ravens wanted Mm -hmm. uh, Juju as well. That might have affected their draft with Bateman and Tylen Wallace as it is. But they wanted to improve their receiving core. Obviously, they, they settled with Sammy Watkins. But Josh Gordon to the Chiefs, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of these kind of moves, Nate, to be honest with you. I like kicking the tires on guys. See what they got. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell gave us nothing. LaShawn McCoy, nothing. 
CJ Spiller spent a lot of time in the residence end getting inactive and active <laughs> back and forth. You're, you're kind of making my point, Jay. But eventually something might work. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Something might work eventually. You got to catch lightning at some point. Maybe do. not in the bottle, but maybe it'll hit you. Well, my question is this. He's still represented. He's got two agents right now in the NFL. He was on that Patriots team in 2018. Yep. Had 40 catches that year. 11 games in, he took a, a sabbatical, but ended up getting... Suspended anyway, so he's still going through it. But he did come back for the Patriots. Like, the Patriots did second-round tender him, so he did make his way back there. So Belichick was not done. He wasn't like, all right, see you later, take care. No, he wasn't even back. And that showed me a little bit of something. Obviously, he ends up in Seattle and everything else with Josh Gordon. But then again, I look at it and say, all right, I like giving second chances. I always like giving second chances to guys. Third chance. Maybe. <laughs> but we're getting on a full hand here. Six, we- seven chances now with Josh Gordon. But, listen, I told you I like Traylon Burks, that wide receiver at Arkansas, right? Yes. Like him a lot. He's 6'3", 225. We had a conversation this afternoon yeah. that sort of was a prelude to this type of decision. This is a lot younger version of Josh Gordon. He's 6'3", 225 pounds. Mm-hmm. Probably runs somewhere in the four threes, four fours. Josh Gordon... He was in the supplemental draft, and we ran on four five two. I've said it as high as a four four five. He's a four. He's a four four guy. Yeah, he, he went right. Went or right. was. Yes. We don't know. We yeah. don't know. We're we gonna find out. A lot of things happened in eight years, Nate. <laughs> a lot of things happened in eight years. I'm not as fast as I was. Eight Andy Reid just got here the last time that he was an on pro. Wow. First arrived in Kansas City back in 2013. His first year with the Chiefs. That's when he went uh, all pro into the Pro Bowl. But if everything works out and he understands the playbook. And I think this move is a little bit different because running back, you're kind of on your own to do your thing, but now you're predicated on having Patrick Mahomes deliver you the football. We know he's got good hands. This is going to be a small window into how great Patrick Mahomes really is, right? Because what Josh Gordon has now shown us, all as football fans, is Tom Brady liked him, Russell Wilson liked him, now it's Patrick Mahomes. I thought that his time in Seattle, Josh Gordon, was probably the end of his NFL career. That is proven to not be the case. Um, I should also mention, too, the Chiefs were one of a couple teams who were interested in Josh Gordon once he became aware last week that he was going to be reinstating into the NFL, that he could be eligible to play in week four. Now, that's not going to happen. I don't, I don't get the sense that Josh Gordon is going to join the Chiefs practice squad. I assume he will take two weeks to get acclimated to get into game speed, game conditioning, understand timing routes, what is Patrick like, um, you know, what do you feel most comfortable with? Because it's, it's going to be sort of a personnel package to start, and then as he grows, one assumes, one hopes, uh, maybe his role can expand as he better learns the playbook. But as I've said in The Athletic a little bit earlier today, Chiefs fans are probably looking like, hey, can I get Josh Gordon for, for week five against, you know, the almighty Buffalo Bills? And I'm going to tell you, like, don't think that. I I would cool fans' you know, energy and the ability to say, we got Josh Gordon. He's probably not going to play until week six against the Washington football team. I think that will give him three weeks of practice. Uh, he will at least be on the sideline with his teammates to understand what the – you know, the in-game communication is because I think some fans don't necessarily think about that when you sign a guy so that he has a full grasp of what game day is like, obviously practices. But you're right, Jay. I mean, he's talented. Uh, can I remind you of his last reception in the NFL? Because, you know, once I say this, 
Chiefs fans are gonna be like, Chiefs fans are gonna be like, what do you mean he's gotta wait two weeks? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Gordon. It was in December. They're playing the Carolina Panthers. Not not the greatest team, but hey, these are NFL defenders. Different defense than it is now. He caught an eighty, uh, excuse me, a fifty-eight yard reception, mm-hmm. and he sprinted past two defenders. Now, that if he can do that, and again, kind of a big if. A lot I, of ifs. I feel like again, this is a desperate move by a team that's one and two and surprised that they're one and two. But if he can run past two defenders, that is music to Patrick Mahomes, to Andy Reid, and most specifically, Tyreek Hill. This move is meant to help Tyreek have a little less coverage on him or to at least let the defense think about covering somebody else deep with another deep option Um, because as much as people bemoan Sammy Watkins and his health, uh, he was a legitimate threat in the intermediate and the deep route, and so that gave Tyreek Hill a little bit more space to operate. Um, that's the hope that Josh Gordon will provide, but he's got to A, stay healthy, he's got to B, stay disciplined, and he's got to learn the offense as the season goes along, and you're counting on him to be your number two wide receiver, number three passing option in the middle of the season. Uh, Quite a lot for Josh Gordon. So whatever you get out of him, I would say is a benefit for the Chiefs, but I just wouldn't tell fans to be so excited that Josh Gordon is going to come in and start being a touchdown machine or start being – somebody that is going to be consistently above what the Chiefs already have on their receiving depth chart. Uh, Let's see the early snaps. Let's see if he improves. And let's see if he can stay on the field and on the team because he's gone through so many um, suspensions in his career. I guess two kind of burning questions for me on this move is, all right, first one, is is he still in game shape? Well, the bottom line is every stop that he's made, every suspension – He's been in shape every he, the he, next stop every time. That's one. He is an athletic freak. I will give him credit. For so that. he stays in shape. So that's a good one. Number two, he, he wouldn't be here if he wasn't. He would not be here. If he isn't he, working out, yes. He would not be in Kansas City with this team. And number two, it's a championship you know, locker room. It's strong. And he was a member of the Patriots locker room with Belichick and Tom Brady. You know, they bring guys in and they, they fit right in the system like Josh Gordon did when he went to New England. This is a strong locker room now. Mm-hmm. Like you come in here, you're not the top dog Let because me... you have the number one quarterback in the NFL. Yes. And you've got a, co- a head coach that's going to Canton and you've got arguably the best tight end in NFL history. Mm-hmm. And you have Tyreek Hill. You're not the top dog. You're not the second top dog, the third top dog, the fourth top dog. You fit right in here, but that's important for the chiefs. I think to kind of keep, because all those other guys like Le'Veon Bell and stuff. And I know he said things since, but all of them fall in line on our good yes. locker room guys when they're here. Yes, that that was the point that I was going to sort of um, make alongside you, Jay, is that Le'Veon Bell was a veteran who understood his role when the season was going on. I think the issue for Le'Veon Bell was, hey, man, I signed here to be an asset in the postseason, and that never materialized. They chose Darrell Williams over him in the Cleveland Browns game. Edwards Alaire came back from his injury, and he took the majority of the snaps in the AFC Championship game and Super Bowl. Um, and this is this will be sort of what I want fans to really think about in the context of the whole season. It's not just what does Josh Gordon do in week 8, 9, 10. The Chiefs are doing this because when you face top-tier defenses, they're going to take away Travis Kelsey or they're going to take away Tyreek Hill. Somebody's got to perform at a high level. That's why the Sammy Watkins touchdown catch in the AFC Championship game against the Tennessee Titans is so uplifting for people because 
On that play, and I like to remind people, Tyreek Hill was double covered. Uh, Travis Kelsey was kind of getting open, but Mahomes scrambled, and Sammy Watkins was alongside him improvising correctly to make that touchdown pass that eventually let everybody know that the Chiefs were going to go to the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years. So can Josh Gordon do what the men before him have not? Can he be better than Kevin Benjamin? Can he be a bigger asset than Le'Veon Bell? Can he do... What LaShawn McCoy couldn't, which is be in uniform for the Super Bowl, but actually play and make some form of an impact around a collection of stars that need complimentary players to become champions. I know his goal is to sign with the team eventually for a couple of years. Like, not make this just a stop. Mm-hmm. And this will be an issue for the Chiefs. Looking at the NFL draft next year, free agency, getting a number two wide receiver is still a high priority for the Kansas City Chiefs. You listen to the Nate Taylor Show. When we come back, we'll dive into what happened yesterday. Was it the defense? Was it the turnovers? Why did they go for it? Are they scared of a homes? We discussed that next on the Nate Taylor Show. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Nate Taylor Show. Jay Binkley with Nate Taylor. Nick Price producing the operation. And we just talked about Josh Gordon. In our thoughts, and I'm sure Nate will uh, have some more on this. I guess. <laughs> I assume this will be a big question you have. Yes. For Mr. Andrew Reed, if he talks to media this week, mm-hmm. uh, you'll be talking about the situation. Hey, you know what? Glad, glad he's okay or seemingly okay. That was really a just kind of a damper on yesterday. You know, I remember his lead the post game with it. Like that was a game. This is life. Big difference. Yes. Yeah. It was. Um, it was odd. You know, I, I, I turned my head to the right and there's Dave Toe. And I've just I've covered this team for four years now and you've never never seen that. Um and in that moment I knew something was a bit off. Um, you know, the Chiefs announced shortly after the game that Andy Reid was not feeling well. He went to a local hospital, um, University of Kansas Medical Center, uh, to be exact. And so um the the good news today was the Chiefs told us, because usually after the game, whether it's a Sunday night or a Monday night or, in this case, a Sunday afternoon, Andy usually rewatches the game a couple times, has you know a bit better perspective as how the team performed, and so he can give a little bit more context and some of the comments that he makes on a Monday uh, following the game and obviously you know preparing for the next opponent. That happens to be the Philadelphia Eagles who are playing right now. But... He didn't talk today, but the chief said that he was released from the hospital. He is feeling well. Um, they hope and expect him to be in the facility tomorrow uh, and getting back into a rhythm of the normal week, uh, preparing a team, you know, for their next game. And uh, I'm sure when we get Andy, he's going to be grateful to be back. Um, I think we're all, you know, happy that it was not a serious situation that the team took every precaution necessary to get him uh, the treatment and the care that he needed at the time. And, you know, when we talked to Andy on, on Wednesday, if that indeed happens, you know, I'm sure he'll explain in great detail what he yeah. was experiencing because um, the oddity of it was in terms of a timing situation was he did address a team in the locker room, yeah. Jay. Um, I'm sure he told them, Hey, <laughs> maybe we don't need to turn the ball over four times. You know, I, I think he probably commended the defense for how they performed, particularly in the second and the third quarter. Um, and then as soon as he was done, and usually he lets a player, you know, break the team down in the locker room and guys, 
you know, uh, start getting ready for the rest of their day, he must have felt something. And, you know, much like any of us, Jay, when you when you don't feel something, like, please yeah. please tell somebody. Yeah. Like, if you don't feel right, it's always better to tell someone versus just keeping it to yourself sure. to where the situation can't get worse. And so um, I'll be interested to see what, what Andy sort of shares with us um, and then just how – that 36 hour period was different than really he's ever had as an, as an NFL head coach going into his 23rd year. So um, we'll talk to him Wednesday is, is what the chiefs, you know, uh, hope. And it's what we all assume. Um, but I'm just glad that uh, he can kind of get back into a rhythm without having anything, you know, really be a lingering issue. Yeah, and follow Nate on Twitter at by Nate Taylor uh, for the latest on that. Chiefs lose yesterday 30 to 24. They had four turnovers. Um, here's the thing with me. All right, they sit one and two. And you think historically, okay, they don't have the worst defense in the NFL anymore. Believe it or not, Washington and Seattle are behind them. And yeah, the Seattle's bad. Woo. Yeah, see, Seattle's real bad. And, and the bottom line is, all right, 2014, New England Patriots, they were two and two that year. It was the on the Cincinnati game. They were pasted in Kansas City, forty-one to fourteen. Chiefs did not make the, the uh, playoffs, by the way, in two thousand fourteen. The only year Andy Reid in Kansas City they didn't. Two thousand eighteen Patriots started one and two. They were blasted by the Detroit Lions, twenty-six to ten. Sky's falling, right? <laughs> Sky's falling. Tom Brady's past his prime. He can't do it because they said the same thing in two thousand fourteen. What he did, won a Super Bowl then, won a Super Bowl in two thousand eighteen. 2019, Chiefs were 6-4. and four. They'd lost back-to-back games at home, had lost three of four in that stretch. What happened? They won the Super Bowl. Last year, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 7-5. and five. Tom Brady's washed. Remember, he forgot how many downs there were in Chicago earlier <laughs> that year. <laughs> On a Thursday night game. Thursday yes. night, the week before they played the Chiefs, he threw an interception. Oh, my! Tom Brady threw an interception inside of two minutes in the Rams iced the game away. He came into that Kansas City game. Oh, he can't throw downfield. Can't throw it past 20 yards. What'd he do? Started to do all that. They outscored the Chiefs in the second half. Chiefs won the game, but they outscored them. Mm-hmm. They won every single game except for the 10-point loss they had yesterday. The bottom line is, it's still early. And yes. I get it. The Chiefs defense, not the same level as those other defenses. But the bottom line is, 17-game season, a long season. One and two, how quickly can they get out of this? And how big is the Philly game? The Philly game is monumental, honestly. Uh, it's it's a gotta-have-it game. I wouldn't call it a must-win game, but kind of gotta have it for reestablishing your confidence, for getting back into a rhythm uh, that feels uh, respectable to what your talent level is. You know, the Chiefs have played below their talent. They've had, you know, lapses in execution or in concentration. That leads to six turnovers in the last six quarters. Um, it's... It's weird to say. And only losing by seven points in those two games. I mean, they, they could have won either of them. I mean, come on, Nate. Fourth and nine. I still can't figure out the, the pass interference on DeAndre Washington. Well. Or DeAndre Baker. I still DeAndre can't Baker. DeAndre Baker. I still can't see where it was. In a, you know, I wouldn't call it in a, in a but I haven't seen the minus angle. four minutes in a tie game. You know, you, you want the players to decide the outcome. I get that. Um, but look, you know, there will be a time later on this season, I'm sure, where an official's call will go the Chiefs' way. And so you hope those things even out as the season goes along. But they, they have to win Philly uh, because they are, A, more talented, uh, regardless of whatever the outcome is tonight in Dallas. Uh, they need to – Oh, by the way, they can't run. Third-leading team rushing in the NFL. Cleveland passed them yesterday, but 
Philly we'll, hadn't played. We'll, we'll see how they do against Dallas, who has a defense somewhat comparable to Kansas City. Um, but I, I think they need to obviously perform better uh, on third down and in the red zone. And, you know, Jay, even though the Chargers' decision to go for it on fourth and nine is somewhat questionable, the Philadelphia Eagles may do it next week. They may get to a point where they say, we need to outscore the Chiefs. We need to continue to put our foot on the gas. We need touchdowns, not field goals. Uh, Brandon Staley basically made that clear yesterday uh, in the Chargers' upset win. And so if you're the Chiefs, prepare as if you, won, are going to play better, but prepare as if the team that you're going to face is desperate to try to keep pace with your offense, and that offense needs to keep, you know, keep the ball. If they keep the ball, they're one of the most explosive offense, if not the most explosive, and now you could say – Maybe the Rams, who have showed some some great, uh, you know, some great execution through three weeks, but I think the Chiefs' offense is capable of doing even more than what we've seen so far, and so they just need to get to that, and they need to concentrate a little bit better. And for Mahomes, you know, rely on your teammates in a way um, that you can show your talent, but you don't have to force the issue the way he has the last two weeks. No question about it. And the Chiefs, you know, we talk about the energy Baker, that fourth and nine. Eventually, it's going to bite him. Almost did on that play. Why'd they go for it? Well, Matt Rule kind of did it last year with the Panthers. Didn't yes, have the roster did. at this point. Mike Williams at the end of the game says, we might have to go for fourth down because of the the the, uh, the explosiveness and firepower the other team has. Austin Eckler with James Palmer after the game. Coming into the game, you know, we knew we were going to play aggressive. You know, we, we know they have an explosive offense, so time of possession, keeping the ball in our hands, being a little bit more aggressive on fourth down. And, uh, you know, on the last drive, we started, you know, running the ball down a little bit to get into range and then started dicing it around and then, you know, had a couple penalties, you know, and then it came back to, hey, we're going for it, you know, and it's fourth and ten. You know, we're in the huddle like, we're going for this? Like, all right, we're going for it, I guess, coach said. And then, boom, end up getting a penalty, helped us out. Um, and then end up finish the game, finish or finishing the drive with a touchdown, right? And you have to against these guys. You got to score touchdowns. There you go. He's right. You have to score touchdowns. They they realize it. They get it. This is what the Chiefs are going to face. Teams do respect the offense. I'll get into uh, when Eric Bieniemy was asked if people have caught up to this offense yet. Plus, <laughs> C. Dot asked Patrick Mahomes that today uh, on the drive when he joins him. But listen, I, I know the defense is not great, but I, I will contend this. Even if the Chiefs were top 10 defense, we're still going to see Lamar Jackson go for the fourth down yes. the week before. The Chargers still going to go for it. That is the respect level of 15. Yes. The Chiefs were moving the ball. They only put it once. 33 first downs at 21 yesterday. They were moving the football. They were running the ball well. They are doing everything they wanted well at that point, except for the turnovers. The turnovers yes. really were bad. The defense wasn't great, but did keep them in that game. But because of Mahomes, he's changing the way teams are playing this team. You hope, if you're a Chiefs fan, that he becomes Peyton Manning in a lot of ways. We all remember the Sunday night game. The Patriots are on the road in Indianapolis, and Bill Belichick does what was considered ballsy at the time. I don't care that we're on our side of the field. Why would I give the ball back to this man? They went for it on fourth down, and what you hope is your defense. You will... mean like the 49ers last night, kind of regretting giving yes. Aaron Rodgers a chance? What yes. happened? I love all the flexing and celebrating, and then you got Aaron There's Rodgers still, on the other side. That's the same the thing clock. as Mahomes. Yeah. It's the same thing as Mahomes, what the Niners did not address against Green Bay. So at some point, to your point, Jay, a team will feel pressure to continue to chase points. And that's fine because if you're an opponent facing the Chiefs, the first thing I would tell you uh, is you got to score 30. You know, the, the, the Ravens had 36. They won. 
The Chargers got 30. They won. Barely. By like, you know, even with a 4 <laughs> nothing turnover advantage, they barely won. Needed a penalty, but they went for it because that's what it takes to beat the Chiefs. And so the defense will now know, or they should know, they better know, we need to be ready for four-down territory, particularly when you get to the middle of the field or obviously on the plus side. And you just hope that, similar to what Peyton Manning used to do to the teams, Patrick Mahomes will do the same, where teams will feel like, well, hey, even though we didn't get it, at least we went out and we tried to get it, and then it's up to the Chiefs' offense to, again, protect the football, exploit the error that the opponent has made, and continue to put points on the board. You know, what is so fascinating about all of this is if the Chiefs don't turn the ball over, Jay, I just want to see them one more time, perhaps against the Philadelphia Eagles, as I'm sure Chiefs fans want. Yep. I just want to see them perform with a double-digit lead. We've only seen it once. The last 10 starts Mahomes has had, it's been six points or less, win or lose. You just want to, I just want to see. That is the cardiac kids. Can they have a double-digit lead or a two-score lead? Can it be nine? We'll see. We'll see. Nate, well, the one thing I did notice after the game, I don't know if you noticed it as well. We've seen teams like the Raiders take the victory lap. We saw the Ravens celebrate like it was 1999. <laughs> Chargers didn't do that. Like, I, I noticed that. They ran their mouths a little bit. Keenan mm-hmm. Allen it, did a little bit. But that was a team, and I'll give them credit, that was a, a poised team that went out, shook the Chiefs' hands. They didn't go crazy like other teams do. I don't know because it wasn't so far or whatever. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Yep. But it was a very business-like win for that team. Uh the Chargers are coming. They are the team that has the quarterback capable of having an excellent performance. Uh, so often, Jay, we mentioned what Patrick Mahomes does in a game. And look, uh, Jalen Jalen Hurts, you know, it'll it'll be nice uh, when we see him Sunday afternoon. But but Jalen, this, this is what is capable and what is perhaps necessary. 281 yards, four touchdowns, no turnovers, okay? The the Chargers have a team where they know now. Hey, we got the we got the we got the young quarterback. We think we got the coach. Coach isn't afraid, so why should we be afraid? And this will permeate throughout the league because there are examples to be shown of. Hey, when you when you as we look, what do we say in our first episode together, Jay? When you come at the Chiefs, better not miss. You best not miss. And look, give all the credit to Staley. Give all the credit to Herbert. Those guys didn't miss, and they took their opportunities. But again, they barely scored 30 points with a four-turnover advantage. Yeah, in the Chiefs. So can the Chiefs, again, just play consistent for the majority of a 60-minute game? Not in spurts, not in quarters, not feeling like they got to come back because they got Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill at their disposal. Can you you establish a lead against the Eagles? Can you dominate – can you make it a two-score game? Can you make the opponent one-dimensional? And can you just squeeze them through the third and fourth quarter? That's Nate Taylor. This is the Nate Taylor Show. Coming up next, some levity today from Eric Bieniemy. His instant reaction to the ask our team's catching the Chiefs. Plus, CDOT asked Patrick Mahomes the same question. Plus, we'll address the Chiefs' defense and Clyde Edwards-Alaire out of the backfield next. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, if you look at even yesterday, I mean, we only punted the ball one time. 
I mean, it, it, we, we were moving the ball up and down the field the, in, the entire game pretty much. Put ourselves with, with turnovers. I had two interceptions, uh, two fumbles, um, and, and we didn't we didn't execute at the end of the day. I mean, uh, we're getting our plays. We're running the – we're getting our plays. We're get, moving the ball. It's just about executing and, and finding ways to get in the end zone. It's Patrick Mahomes with Carrington Harrison on his weekly visit on 610 Sports Radio. Listen to the Nate Taylor show. Nate Taylor, Jay Binkley here with you. Also – also, Eric Bieniemy was asked the same question. The question was, have teams caught up to the Chiefs' offense? His response. <laughs> My bad for laughing at your first question, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask you, Nate, if teams caught up to the Chiefs' offense. Look, y'all, it's three weeks into the season, and they're still gaining yards at a, at a nice handful uh, no, no one's caught up to the Chiefs on defense. Now, I think there are principles that you should have as a defensive team. Play too deep. Don't blitz Mahomes. Pray they make their own mistakes, which the Chargers benefited in bountiful manner yesterday. Uh, yes, when someone has the ball in the middle of the field, try to punch it out. Um, I think that was the best turnover that the Chargers actually executed. Was in. I don't know what Tyreek Hill can do there. You're, you've caught the ball. You're in the middle of the field. He's on his way down already. He's, he's secured the catch. He knows two defenders are there. Um, and give credit to the Chargers for punching the ball out um, and obviously scooping it up. But, look, I mean, is Patrick Mahomes going to throw a no-look pass touchdown? He might at some point. But Kim's Mar- got to catch it. Marcus know. Kim has got to catch that ball. You can I touch, mean, you can catch it. My cat coach used to say, man, you can touch, you can catch it. Yeah. I mean, it was in his chest. The, the ball pops up not because it hit his hands, but because it went through his hands. It'd have been all over Sports Center and NFL Network, wouldn't and, it have? And hit his hit his shoulder. It'd been all over, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Be like in the top ten. Oh, it would have been Mahomes plays. Yeah, a classic. You know, nobody is upset that he sidearmed it to Chargendrick West against the Seattle Seahawks, where it showed how ambidextrous he can be or, or how uh, double jointed he is. Um, speaking of Patrick Mahomes, but no, I, I I want people to understand: you gotta score thirty. It, nothing else matters. I don't care how you get to 30. Do you realize he's lost six times when they've scored 30? Tom Brady only one more, seven, when the team scores 30. Just you got to score away. 30. So I get, can't give up 30, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the, the, the Balt- Look, the Baltimore Ravens, I thought, had a very smart game plan. They only blitzed Mahomes five times. They... Which is the common theme of teams that have beaten Mahomes. Yes. You go back to the Super Bowl. You go back to the Raiders the year before. Yep. I, I've written this in The Athletic. You know, um, this does not include yesterday's game, but the three previous losses to the to the Ravens, Buccaneers, and Raiders, those teams have blitzed Mahomes five times or less. So you have to have seven or more people in coverage because, you know, Kelsey's a Hall of Famer, the best tight end of the league. Uh, Tyree Hill can run right by you, even if you have two defenders sometime. Ask the Miami Dolphins these questions. But you need to be able to play deep, try to force the Chiefs to kick field goals. Uh, the Chargers weren't really successful at that when they when they actually got uh, down on the, on the deep end of the field. And you have to play kind of bend, don't break defense, and hope that they make mistakes. But I, I agree with both fellas. You know, that's one of the more honest moments we've ever heard from from Eric Bieniemy. Jay. He actually <laughs> showed his personality, oh, that was funny. which is what they want the players to do. And I always tell if the coaches. If you caught up to the Chiefs. Show your personality, coach. If you caught up to the Chiefs. 
My bad for laughing at your first question. <laughs> My bad for laughing at your first question. All right, two burning questions. One, Clyde fumbled again, mm-hmm. but he did put 100 yards on the ground and added 5.9 yards per carry. Again, the Chargers' rush defense, not good. They're 30th right. in the NFL going into that game. He needed to do that against that defense. But still, I felt they trusted him. He goes right back on the field. That was the question. Is Clyde yep. coming back out, yep. or is he going to the doghouse? Are we going to see McKinnon more or Williams? There went out Clyde. They showed the same loyalty they showed Kareem Hunt a couple years ago in that Patriots game. Can he... Overall, we saw the screenplay with Clyde. We know, listen, they've had 17 first-round picks in the SEC. 99 running backs drafted since 2000. He's the only running back in the history of that conference with over 50 catches and 1,000 yards. He's got it in his DNA. Please, please pass him the ball more. Um, They are trending. I I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is trending, you know, Chiefs fans will hope, in the right direction. So what does that mean? Can he have more than 100 all-purpose yards rushing or receiving against the Eagles and not turn the ball over? Um, I want to see the Chiefs throw at least two screen passes at Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's, that's where he, he needs to operate in space. He likes to give a little shake to the defender in the open field. Um, he showed better vision, I think, against the Chargers, and that's a good sign because there was a little bit of hesitancy that he mentioned last week after playing the Ravens game. But take care of the ball, but let's, you know, Andy Reid is a master at the screen game. I want to see a little bit more screens because – even though defenses aren't blitzing you as much, and that's where the screen game really comes into play. Yeah, that's just a big reason they didn't do it in Baltimore. I, I I still wanna see I still wanna see the 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 teammates block for Clyde when they know he's getting the ball, when there are space for him to make a move. And look, let's you know, I, I think I would give the advantage to the Chiefs skill position players versus really any defensive back in the open field. When it's a one-on-one situation, ask Travis Kelsey. Again, Tyreek Hill's really fast. And there's some elusiveness, some suddenness, some shake to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So accentuate that as best you can. But let's let's see it one more game. Let, let's see it one more time. Good good bounce back beyond the fumble. Don't need another fumble. <laughs> need another 100-yard game, whether it's rushing or receiving or a combination of the two. If you have a question for Nate, send in the J Southland Toe Service text line, 913 576 Seven six ten. We'll address it in the next segment. And the Mackley Hill, the rookie of the year. We're doing this tally every week. <laughs> this will be week three. Who is the rookie of the year at this point? Because the rookies are prevalent on this football team. It's always fun to see. But uh, the other burning questions about this defense. I have some serious questions still about this defense. We discuss that next on the Nate Taylor Show. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show Monday nights at seven on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs six ten Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Nate Taylor Show. Jay Binkley and Nate Taylor on Twitter at by Nate Taylor. Uh, what, what are you doing here now? What are, what are you working on? What do you? There will be. A, I know we talked about it a little bit, but yeah, there will be a deeper uh, article on Josh Gordon, the reasons as to why he joined the team later this week. Uh, we got a Patrick Mahomes feature that'll come out. Maybe I don't know if it'll come out this week or next week. I was talking to my editors. I've been about waiting it. for that. What, they 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 decide. Who's that man? They decide. Um, you know there will there will be discussion about the defense yet again. Um, and look, I I know people are still wondering how Clyde is going to look in this offense. Um, there are some statistical data that I want to look into and sort of project where his season may go from here based on what based on how they used him yesterday in the snap counts. Um, and like I mentioned before, using him more in the passing game. 
All right, let's, uh, let's, let's tease this a little bit. Uh, you're going to be writing about this defense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thoughts on the defense? They look good in the beginning. Three and out. They force a punt. Yes. Um, the red zone problem still an issue. Yes. 12 straight times in there. Touchdowns. They did stop them to a field goal, which you're going to give up field goals if you get people hurt. But no touchdown. That was a, a step in the right direction. They were good against the run. Herbert had his way against this, this defense yesterday. But overall, and I know... I know a lot of people blame the defense yesterday, which you give up 30 points, you give up 30 points, but they turned the ball over four times. Yeah. That was really the difference in the game. Your thoughts on the defense, because I know Spags was asked today about what's he doing about fourth downs, now that he's going to be seeing it, the preparation for that. And he was also asked, you know, by Pete Sweeney, like, where do you see the defense now? As we sit here now, what are you seeing from this defense? As as I said last week with Carrington, I, I want to see a four-game sample because that obviously half of it is the rushing attack of both the Ravens and the Browns. Um, we can't do quarters anymore. Are you doing four and a half games? Yeah, just about. Uh, <laughs> you get two of those, then you get the four games. I need to see them play a game where they're not turnover dependent. And, and Steve Spagnuolo mentioned this. We didn't get any turnovers. And yes, as a defense, you want to you wanna take the ball away when given the opportunity. But I also would like the defense to just play a little bit better straight up. Now, they showed signs of that yesterday against the Chargers. Um, again, the fourth and nine call, I think a lot of fans will feel a little bit differently and if that wasn't pass interference. Yeah, if Baker you, gets way if, free on that. Yes, if Baker doesn't interfere with the pass, it gives Mahomes and the Chiefs offense yet another chance to redeem themselves um, and perhaps win the game. But look, I... You want to see incremental improvement. That is what made the 2019 season uh, special in a lot of ways. The offense was great once Mahomes returned from the dislocated kneecap. But the defense got better as the season went along. They played more as a unit. They didn't make as many turn. Uh, they didn't make any mistakes. Um, and they actually had, you know, a pass rush. And so I want to see them play better straight up where you, you're not needing a turnover so much. It's a great benefit if you get one. But can you force the Eagles next week to to punt the ball a couple more times? Can you be more effective in the red zone? And ultimately, uh, can Frank Clark be on the field? Can he be more effective? And can Chris Jones, as he goes through this apprenticeship at the defensive end position, is he is he able to generate enough pressure to have a little bit more of an influence on the game than even he had yesterday, which was little spots here and there, um, but the pass rush needs to come together so that maybe they can play better straight up. Well, in pro football focus, had he had 40 stamps, 35 of them defensive end, only five on the inside. Is And I get they're limited as far as outside pass rushers, so they kind of need him in the spot. It was nice yes. to see Mike Dana step up in that position. But ultimately, I've always said this about Chris Jones, like he made his money in the inside. You know, he was on that trajectory to be the second-best interior pass rusher mm-hmm. behind Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Is, is that the right fit for him, or is this whole experiment? Because he showed he could do the rush from the inside and the outside during preseason, had a great camp. Where's the ideal spot for him? Where would you like to see him get more snaps? The, the Chiefs need to see a game where he and Frank Clark are, you know, above-average pass rushers affecting the game together. Um, we haven't seen it yet, right? I mean, I think Frank Clark had more of a splash play in the Ravens game versus Chris Jones. Chris Jones obviously played last week. Frank Clark did not. Um, if we get to the end of October and this pass rush isn't getting home consistently, then 
I think it would be irresponsible of Steve Spagnuolo to say, let's keep him on the edge because he is a all-pro player at the defensive tackle position, particularly on passing downs, using his quickness and his size and his length to disrupt guards and and, and, and the center. So, um, man, it would be nice if, you know, Frank Clark had, you know, a couple quarterback hits. Chris Jones had a sack or two. It looked like, you know, Jalen Hurts wasn't real comfortable back there this upcoming Sunday, but we've yet to see it. And we're in game four now. So as each game rolls along, uh, this experiment gets a little bit more tricky, and it may force Spagnuolo's hand to say, I got to put you inside, Chris, because we've got more evidence of you having better success there than what we've tried to do so far this season. And he graded out well in that game. And again, against the Browns, best offensive line he's going to face this year, in my opinion. And he got a sack on the left tackle and the right tackle yes. in that game. 913-576-7610, Jay Southland, Toe Service Text Line. Ask Nate, coming from the 913. Hey, Nate, why Josh Gordon? We need a pass rusher. Again, pass rushers. <laughs> pass no, rushers no, aren't. No, they are not here. <laughs> you get lucky on a Shaq Barrett that went to Nebraska, Omaha, and Colorado, but undrafted. It's very rare to get most of their first and second round picks. Pass rushers aren't just exactly sitting out there. You Josh would, Gordon's a special situation. Yeah, Josh Gordon's a special situation because he is, as we said earlier, he is eligible to return to the NFL off his suspension. So he basically becomes a free agent as of this week. Um, the difference with the pass rusher, uh, there is not a pass rusher available on the market right now with the talent capable or comparable to Josh Gordon. And the issue is you would likely have to wait to get that pass rusher into early November because that's the NFL trade deadline this year. And the trade market will obviously drum up. You can get more of an understanding of what a team's draft position might be as we get you know, towards the middle of the season. It's just easier to make the move right now. Um, also, if you trade for that player, there's some cap, salary cap implications involved, whereas I believe they're, they're probably going to get Josh Gordon on a veteran minimum deal or something very similar to that, that it's incentive-based. Um, so that keeps you sort of under the cap. But, yeah, I, I think as much as I agree with the text. I agree, man. I, I agree, lady. I I, I don't know. Man, I mean, I, I think they need a I think they need a pass rusher too. It'd be nice, <laughs> but that that player isn't available, and Josh Gordon is. Thanks for the question, Pam. We we greatly appreciate that. All right, the Mackley Hill winner is given every year to the Chiefs Rookie of the Year. You might find this completely ridiculous. I do not. Last year, I think Ladrius Steed actually earned it over Clyde Edwards-Helaire, but that's just my opinion. Again, mm-hmm. both of them were injured last year. Nate and I do this just for fun because you have Creed Humphrey, the rookie. You got Trey Smith, the rookie. You got Nick Bolton being a rookie. And Lucas Niang, technically, in my opinion, is a rookie because he opted out yes. last year. All right, we're at week three. Who's leading the pack now on the Mac Lee Hill? Now, we, we both agreed in week one that it was Nick Bolton because he, he was thrust into starting in place of Willie Gay. He had seven tackles, didn't really make a huge error, uh, helped the team obviously get a comeback win. I'm going to say for right now, he's only had one mistake. It didn't really prove that pivotal in the week two loss, but I'm going to say Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey. Go Creed, the ambidextrous center. I'm, I'm going with Creed Humphrey, left-handed snapper. By the way, some people have mentioned this on Twitter. When he snaps the ball on those jet sweeps, they come out quick, man. So it gives the Chiefs that even more of an advantage of that split second where the ball is coming into Patrick Mahans quickly. He's handing it off to Clyde Edwards-Alaire or – uh, in this case, last week to McCall Harmon, he runs it in for a touchdown. Um, there's not pressure coming up the middle. You know, Joey Bosa was doing damage from the perimeter. That's fine. 
But there were so many issues last year where I heard fans complaining via Twitter or, or elsewhere where they just say, man, like, you know, the, the pressure's coming from the interior, not necessarily from the from the outside, especially when Mitchell Schwartz was playing and Eric Fisher were going. Um, but for right now, he only had one bad snap against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to say Creed Humphrey. The offense would do really well if they don't turn over the ball. And look, Creed Humphrey hadn't turned over the ball yet. You're going with Creed Humphrey at this point. I'm going with Trey Smith. The man likes violence. He's on the field. He's off the field. He's a nice guy. <laughs> Ever since his high school coach flipped the light switch on for him, hey, you're too big to play like this. He's a nasty, mean dude when he's on the football field. Trey Smith, the leader in the clubhouse to me. After week three, we'll check in. After week four, Chiefs and Eagles. I know the Eagles are playing right now. Tied at seven with the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. The Chiefs, Andy Reid's return to Philadelphia, along with a lot of the front office, training staff, you name it. Mm-hmm. Going back to Philly, baby. The link! What's your favorite cheesesteak in Philly? Just the Gino's original. Or Pats. Pats. I'm going back, baby. <laughs> That's Nate Taylor. This is the Nate Taylor Show. We'll uh, podcast this out. We'll put the link out. Huge thanks to Nick Price producing yes, the operation. Dusty Likens comes up next with the Red Reaction Show. We know you've been sitting on your takes all day. This is your chance to air them out with Dusty Likens coming up next. Thanks a lot, Nate. We'll uh, see you next week, my friend. Thank you, sir.